0: Welcome to the Grow Bold with Disability podcast brought to you by Feros Care, a podcast dedicated to smashing stereotypes and talking about the things people with disability care about most to help us live bolder, healthier, better connected lives. I'm journalist Pete Timms and I'm Tristram Peters. I work for Disability Service Directory Clickability
1: and am a wheelchair user living with spinal muscular atrophy.
0: Today's episode of Grow Bold with Disabilities, Growing Bold and Carers, and our guest is Aussie swimming legend, world record holder, and Olympic gold medal winner, Kate Campbell. In this episode, we'll speak to Kate about what it's like growing up with a disabled sibling. Kate's brother, Hamish, has severe cerebral palsy and requires around-the-clock care. And we're going to find out what influence Hamish has had on Kate's career. Kate, welcome to Grow Bold with Disability. Hey,
2: thanks for having me.
0: So Kate, before we start chatting about Hamish and your family, tell us
1: a little bit about yourself. You were born in Malawi in 1992, the oldest of five kids.
2: What was it like growing up in Malawi? Mm, yeah, uh, Malawi is a tiny little country in Africa. Uh, its claim to fame is Madonna adopts her children from Malawi. So <laughs> that's I'm like a little disappointed that she didn't pick me, but <laughs> there were there were children in greater need than I was to be to be fair. Um, so yeah, moved to Australia in 2001 uh, when I was nine years old. So I, I still have some quite clear memories of Malawi, and mm. um, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to be a kid. Uh, the health and safety regulations are just about non-existent there. And as a kid, that's wonderful. <laughs> I think as an adult trying to get anything done, it would be <laughs> slightly problematic, which is why uh, you know my family left. Uh, but yeah, it, it holds a real soft spot in my heart. And uh, I was due to go back there at the end of this year, um, but hopefully I'll make it back there at the end of next year
0: now obviously people know you for your feats in the pool how old were you when you realized that you're pretty fast in the water
2: um well so i joined a swim club when we moved to australia because how else do you make friends in australia than by joining a local sporting organization <laughs> it's like a segue into australian culture um did not understand afl uh, so couldn't pick that one um and actually, have I've been with that same coach ever since. So we've been together for 19 years, which is pretty special. He's known me since I was nine years old. Um, but oh. – I just loved it. I was one of those really weirdly motivated children who like fell in love with something and then kind of obsessed over it and was quite happy for her life to revolve around it. Um, I was probably like every parent's dream as a teenager because all my mum had to do would say, Kate, you need to behave or else I'm not taking you to swimming training. Um, (laughs) So um, I was probably about – maybe 13 or 14 when I was you know I I looked like I was going to be pretty good um, and then had a pretty fast acceleration from there and made my first Olympic team when I was 16 so um, yeah it all happened quite quickly quite early.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing amazing but um, as much as we'd love to chat about all your achievements we also want to chat a bit about your amazing brother Hamish so tell us about Hamish.
2: Yeah. So Hamish, uh, is the only boy out of the, um, five kids. So he's got four sisters. Um, you could either say lucky him or poor him, um, <laughs> depending on your stance on if you have sisters or not. Um, and he, uh, how old is he? He would be 24 this year. So, um, he was born in Malawi and he was um, a stillborn. So he was um, born without a heartbeat and uh, he suffered massive oxygen deprivation at birth, um, which caused brain damage. And uh, as a result, he has cerebral palsy. So the fact that he's alive and is still kicking on at at 24 years old is a miracle. Um, You know, right, right from his birth, uh, we were like afraid that we were going to lose him, and um, and then he's had some some pretty horrible and pretty complicated health battles since then. So um, yeah, I think that I think that I've learned so much about life through Hamish um, and our family. You know, was obviously changed forever, but that isn't to say that the change was a bad thing. I think that people can often view disability in a way where they say, oh, you know, you, you, you poor people or, or, or poor Hamish. And I, I can clearly remember this this one time at school um when I was uh, at high school and I said, oh, you know, just in conversation, oh, I have a brother who has cerebral palsy and he's in a wheelchair. And um, the first reaction from my classmate was to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was genuinely confused. I was just like, why? It's kind of great. We get disabled car parks, like <laughs> can walk straight into the shops. Um, he's less annoying than your brothers from the sound of things. Um my parents did a really good job, like right from the beginning, of just normalising um, Hamish mm. and 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 focusing that he was a, a full person exactly as he is, and that mm. while we need to help him um, obviously a lot, uh, we don't need to change him, uh, which I think was a really important distinction for them to make.
0: Mm. Was he part of the reason you guys moved to Australia in two thousand and one?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. So, um, yeah, medical um, facilities and standards in Africa are not great.
0: (laughs) And that is the
2: understatement of the year. Um, And... (laughs) So he he was actually – he was born in Malawi, but they had, you know, no ventilators, nothing, Um, and he had to be airlifted to South Africa within a couple of hours of him being born so that he could get medical treatment there. And then, um, you know, having cerebral palsy, he um, was quite epileptic for the first probably – 15, 16 years of his life, so he would have seizures, and there just wasn't the facilities in Africa to to cope with that. Um, and then Mum fell pregnant with uh, youngest, uh, with my youngest uh, sister, Abigail, and they just kind of said, it's just, it's not safe for, for you to have another baby here, just in case something happens. So uh, my parents packed their bags, and with four children and Mum seven months pregnant, moved all the way around the world knowing one person in Brisbane and they landed in Australia. So (laughs) I know, I know. Um, But it was, it was, it was in, in some ways it was kind of, wonderful having those you know first few years in in Africa with Hamish there's a huge Mm -hmm. huge stigma around disability um it's it's steeped in superstition in Africa and Mm -hmm. uh you know Africans believe that it's um a witchcraft or it's a curse on the family or or they believe that it's because they've done something wrong and there's so much shame around it and mum was able to take Hamish and here was this privileged white person um and she would turn up to the the therapy classes uh, with with all these other African women and it just blew their minds that that someone in her position could have a child with a disability so you know even right from when he was little Hamish was helping to to bust through stereotypes and myths um, but yeah his level of care is is definitely a uh, uh, much much better in Australia
1: mm. sure and you touched on the care then what type of care and support growing up would you provide to your brother
2: yeah so i i mean i would say that mum and dad are his primary carers um but we obviously all helped out um you know if if hamish needed feeding then we'd feed him or change his nappy pretty much our care revolved around um just playing with him and including him in in day to day life. You know, we we always made sure that um, he was front and center in, in all our family gatherings. And I mean, Hamish probably while he's 24 years old, he probably only operates at the level of maybe like a one or a one and a half year old. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's nonverbal um, in in the sense that he can't speak. He makes noises, and we kind of. Understand from from um, the the noises that he's making, we can kind of figure out what he's um, wanting. Uh, but he's he's one of those um, people who has always been able to pick up the energy in the room, and and so he always loved being like in the thick of things. It was it was really funny um, for a while, uh, particularly during like the Commonwealth Games his favourite song would be the Australian National Anthem <laughs> because he'd be able to feel all the energy in the room. And, you know, mum and, and dad were obviously watching um, myself and my sister Bronte compete. And so they were super excited, you know, every time we came on. And then if it coincided with a National Anthem, obviously meaning that, that we'd won. Um, the, I, obviously, the, <laughs> the the room was electric and Hamish picked up on that. So he used to go crazy every time you'd play the National Anthem them for him which I just think is great.
0: Yeah, that's a great. Now we mentioned um, moving over here just for the, for, you know, the access to support for Hamish what, what are some of the other sort of sacrifices that the family has made for him?
2: Yeah, I guess that um, in some way your life when you have, uh, when you're caring for a disabled person, in some way your life does revolve around them um, in that we can't really take Um, beach holidays because Hamish obviously can't go on the beach or if we do um, you know half the family goes for a swim and hangs it on the beach and the others um, stay back on on the sidewalk or or go do something else Uh, you know before probably before Hamish came along my parents were very adventurous like really good campers and hikers and obviously you can do that while say Hamish was was small and you could carry him but as soon as um, he starts to get bigger and need a wheelchair those things are just unavailable to you. Mm. Um, and 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 now that that he's obviously um, a grown man, um, he's he's a, a lot heavier. So so you need you need two people to move him, or you need to um, have a lifting device to help. Um, it, it hampers things like uh, you know even something as simple as oh let's go away for the weekend. Oh, but we have to make sure that the house is wheelchair accessible. Like where can Hamish sleep? Mm. Um, can we get a wheelchair in there? So. It just requires a lot more thought and a lot more effort. Um, and now, now he has um, quite severe health complications, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and so we need to have close contact to a hospital at all times, um, and we need to make sure that we have uh, all of his drugs there available. Um, there's just a lot of planning that that yeah. is involved in in just about any activity. Um, Mm -hmm. But in, in in saying that, like um, something that has uh, an attitude that we've all picked up from our parents is that we never begrudge that. Like we never Mm -hmm. complain about it. Um, We we never, you know, get angry or annoyed at Hamish for these limitations. That's, that's just our life. You know, that's just something that, that we've Mm -hmm. accepted and, um, and we just work around it. I, I almost, like, don't even think you've had to make me stop and think of all the mm. things that, that we can't do. Um, uh, but normally it, it's just like, okay, what can we do with Hamish? Let's do that. Um, and, and the other options aren't even options.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. Absolutely. I know personally growing up as a power chair user, I always hated that I couldn't be spontaneous. You know, I couldn't just mm-hmm. go to the beach like you mentioned, that sort of thing. So in terms of that planning, did, what was that like as a kid, you know, all that thought going into planning activities and holidays, um, you as as his sister?
2: Yeah, I guess that um... – it would uh, – fortunately, like, my, my parents did a lot of it. But if, if I wanted to take Hamish out, like, you know, I would often take him shopping with me. Look, I might have been exploiting him for his disabled <laughs> car, car park.
1: My
2: friends
0: settings, do the same for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, uh, I'm like, I love you, Hamish, but I also love that sticker that comes with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, so I would um, – or oh, oh, going going to restaurants. So, so I think that I had to be conscious. Of it, but um, if I went to do something and Hamish couldn't do it, I'd be like, Oh, okay, we'll find something else to do. Um, Mm. So I think that, yeah, there was a lot of planning, but you know, we're lucky in that we come from a big family, and so if we do go on holidays, um, we always make sure that like half the people go out and have an adventure, and half of um, us stay to look after Hamish, and then the next day we switch, and so that. I don't want to call it a burden, hmm. that responsibility. I think that's that's a better word for it. That that yeah. responsibility can be shared across many people. Um, I think that it's incredibly hard if, you know, I, I can't imagine being, say, uh, a single parent with, with um, a hmm. child with disability because then that responsibility is on you 24-7. Hmm. Uh, so we've been very lucky in that we have a group of really supportive people uh, in our family, we don't have to go looking for them. Um, who all know and love Hamish and all want what's best for him.
0: Do you? Um, have you ever had carers in for Hamish so Mum and Dad can go away and have a break, or they haven't really found the need to?
2: Um, now, now they do. Um, now, now he does access uh, respite care three days a week, and um, for for a, a long time he was able to go to a, a special school in in, in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to, he used to come, you know, come back with report cards saying Hamish needs to learn to use a spoon. He never learned to use a spoon. I used to get very jealous of those report cards. I was like, I wish that I could learn to use a spoon and get an A for that. Like, that'd be great. Um, but now, now, now that he's um, obviously graduated from school, he mm. he does access um, respite care um, just because of his his health complications. Um, I know that my mum really struggles with things like um, letting him stay overnight, um, and and she she struggles to like re- relinquish that. And um, mm. you know, he's been through some, some some really awful times, and she's been you know by his side, you know the. the throughout all of it you know when he had stays of months and months in hospital so part of me can understand that um i i moved to sydney about a year and a half ago and and one of the things that is uh really challenging for me is is not being able to be there and and offer that respite Mm -hmm. to them um you know, obviously with with my training I have very limited time that I that I can go back um yeah. and, and be there as a support for them. Uh particularly like and it's particularly frustrating now because we you know, I think everyone has a little more time on their hands than usual, but, you know, the borders are shut. So I, I can't even go back um and, yeah. and give my parents I I counted back and I was like, they haven't been away together, just the two of them since probably 2013, which is like, oh, goodness. you wow. know, terrifying to me. And, and you know, I'd, I'd booked in to, to go up and, and take care of Hamish, um, but then they, the border's shut. So, you know, there, there, are, there are lots lots of things and, and lots of sacrifices that, that everyone's had to make.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: You touched on then going um, back and providing some respite for your mum and dad. How do you navigate between being a carer and a sister, or are they just one and the same?
2: Yeah, in some way it is just one and the same. I think that um, if your family, um, you care for the, those people. And I think that the different people in my family require different needs. You know, Hamish um, needs me to, um, you know, feed him or change him, you um, or we sit on the couch and we watch movies together. Um, my youngest sister probably needs care for me in a different way. She, mm-hmm. um, you know, makes me watch all these awful anime movies, which I don't understand. <laughs> and, you know, I have to walk her through makeup and, and all of those things. So I think that um, for, for me being a, a, a sister and a carer, I think that you can offer, offer care to just about anyone in your family. It's just that Hamish's mm-hmm. needs are more specific um, and probably uh, more demanding I would say than than having to sit through an anime movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think um do you think Hamish or growing up with Hamish in the family has made you a lot more empathetic to what's to other people in the world?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's um he's also just brought a real grounding perspective mm. through just about everything in life, you know. I I would sometimes walk in from from a really tough training session and, you know, be really angry and frustrated. And there was Hamish, he used to, you know, sit, sit by the sliding doors as, as you'd walk in the house. And he'd always kind of greet you with a smile and had been sitting there and waiting for dinner and mum had been, you know, too busy. And then I'd walk up to him after dumping my stuff and be like, oh, hey, Hamish, how are you? And he'd like give me this beaming smile. And then I was like, oh, mom, has Hamish had dinner? She's like, oh, no, I haven't been able to get to him. So he'd just been sitting there waiting patiently mm. for someone to notice that he was hungry, you know, not complaining. Um, and you just look at him and just think, I'm I'm really lucky. You know, I, I don't have anything to complain about.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, and Kate, have you ever witnessed any discrimination or had to Im- intervene on Hamish's behalf? Not that I condone violence, but I have a mate who once punched a kid at school for calling me a cripple.
2: <laughs> that is so great. Everyone needs a mate like that in their life. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think that that I've necessarily had to intervene on, on Hamish's behalf. I think that um, we we might. Uh, you know, educate people, um, and 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 I think that uh, sometimes people can get um, annoyed or, or frustrated with mm-hmm. with disability. I know that sometimes when we go to restaurants, um, the servers uh, are less than impressed at, at having, you know, even though we we've booked um, for seven people, when when they see um, a big wheelchair come in, they they kind of can be less than impressed. Um, uh, probably the the only like real discrimination, but it's kind of funny is like kids just kind of, yeah, and, and they say the funniest thing is mommy, what's wrong with that guy? Like, look at him. And you can just see the parents like dying on the inside. <laughs> um, but I kind of think it's, it's a really good opportunity for, for the parent to just say, Oh, you know, some people have a disability and you know, that's just how it is. Um, or come up and, and say hello. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens. Um, but I, I, definitely have a chuckle every time that happens
0: i was i was
1: literally driving um my chair through caloundra like two months ago and this little kid on the other side of the road turned and saw me in my power chair and yelled at the top of his um voice "Mum, why is that kid in a big pram and (laughs) everyone was mortified but i thought it was great because it opened up the conversation it allowed me to teach that kid a little bit about disability which is powerful Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're always great. Or, or just the stairs, like the big silent stairs, like the little kid's eyes seem to grow to the size of saucers. I'm like, good, you're getting a bit of an education here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, Kate, we're, obviously we're talking about carers. What's the long-term plan for Hamish? I mean, mum and dad are going to get a little bit older, obviously. Siblings move away, a la yourself, Is there a long-term plan of you as a family spoken about that?
2: Um, We have a little bit. Hamish's health is um, not very good. He's on palliative care, but he has been on palliative care for a number of years now. So it could be, you know, he he could live for another 10 years or or, or it could be quite a lot shorter than that. Um, And I guess that... Uh, we've all said that that we will help in whatever way necessary. Um, our youngest sister actually has like put up a hand and is like, Hamish can come and live with me um, when whenever like mum and dad can't can't take care of him anymore. Um, and yeah, it's 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 one of those realities, you know. Fortunately, both my parents are really fit and really healthy at the moment, so it's it's not something that we've had to, yeah. you know, sit down and really formalise. Um, but you know, as as they're starting to to get a bit older, uh, we we will have to do that. But um, as much as possible, like we we would like to be involved in, in Hamish's care. I think that that there are some really wonderful. Organisations and facilities, but you know Hamish is is a part of our family and has really Mm. you know shaped us all in 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 so so many ways that that we would still really like to be as involved uh, as possible. Nice, he's one of your biggest motivators, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is, and it's um. Uh, whenever like you, you call home he doesn't quite get the concept of, of telephones um, so you just get a lot of heavy breathing when you listen to him uh, but <laughs> mum says that he smiles but he's like he's really confused he's um, quite vision impaired so we're, we're not mm. sure exactly how much he sees so he, we know that he sees like shapes and, and colours um, but when you're around him he kind of senses your, present and your presence and you normally touch him so when he can hear your voice but he can't like feel you or or, like see Mm. you, (laughs) he gets really confused. But um, yeah, we, we always, always make sure that whenever we call home um, we have a quick chat to Hamish Uh, and yeah, he's, he's, you know, been a, been a very, very central part of our life. And I would say part of, you know, our our makeup Um, Mm. and, and he's, and I think that that's been a really positive thing as well.
0: Yeah, very nice. Now, our podcast, as you know, is called Grow Bold with Disability. We always ask our guests the last question, which is, what does growing bold mean to you?
2: What does growing bold mean to you? Um, Well, I think that, you know, my, I guess my life motto, can you have a life motto at 28 years old? Of course. Of course you can. You can have it at 10, Uh (laughs) 12. (laughs) Okay. All right. Great. Um, I guess uh, you know my my life motto is um, to to be brave, and I think that uh, particularly when, when we talk about disability, there is so much courage and so much bravery surrounding disability. Whether it's the the person who's disabled, whether it's the carers, whether it's uh, you know the physios who work with them, or or the hospital staff, and I think that the more people you can envelop in that little um, bubble, the better. And, uh, you know, for, for me, it's about challenging yourself, challenging society, challenging perspectives. And um, I think that Hamish definitely does that. You know, I, I try and challenge myself on a almost daily basis, but I think that Hamish has helped challenge the way that I view life and, um, hopefully go through life. I think he's taught me to be kind and considerate and compassionate. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I face life more boldly because he's in it. So yeah, he's, he's pretty wonderful. That's one of our best answers, Pete, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is. Well done,
1: Kate Campbell.
2: (laughs) Gold medal, yes.
1: (laughs) Kate, thank you so, so much for joining us today on the Grow Bold with Disability podcast brought to you by Ferros Care. And listeners can find out more about Kate and Hamish in the links provided in today's episode show
0: notes. Kate, thank you so much. Thanks, Kate.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Ferros Care, an NDIS partner delivering local area coordination services in Queensland, South Australia, and the Australian Capital Territory. Ferros Care is a people care organisation committed to helping people live bolder lives. We call it Growing Bold, and for over 30 years, Ferros has been making it real for both older Australians and those living with disability. To find out more, head to ferroscare.com.au.